the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. Hey, look at that. A healthy roster. Who'd have thunk it? Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the CDMC.TV network, and we are part of the Overtime Media crew. So yeah, for the first time in feels like forever, the Raptors are fully healthy. And uh, it paid off in dividends last night against Minnesota, but there's also a whole lot more to talk about, and we're going to break it all down today. Joining me to do so, familiar voice, you asked for him, he's back, Mr. Connor Chambers of Toronto Sports Views. Sir, good morning, sir, because technically this is still a.m. It is almost noon, not yes. a.m. I mean, it is a.m., yeah. See, there we go. I, what am I, what is going on with me today? <laughs> for those that are just sort of, I guess, tuning in now. I had my headphones in my ear, but they weren't plugged into my computer. So I thought something was going on. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, okay. We're all going to wake up collectively today. going to give me about (laughs) 10 minutes. We'll all get there. We'll be good. But I'm bringing the heat today. I've got got some things to get off my chest. I'm bringing the heat. So, not not to, uh, you know, bury the lead here of uh, the shoot that uh, Connor's gonna gonna give to the to the show today, but th- if you haven't noticed, this episode is titled McNaw, so uh, that that's a nice little preview into what's going on uh, in today's episode. At least a, a good chunk of it, because um, again, we don't have to get into it fully. But uh, you are not pleased with Patrick McCaw as of late, which you know I get. But look, these th- are these are the this is the timeout scenario of last year that's right? what i'm saying like, it is well obviously we're gonna dive more into it but it's that's it's just, there's one thing right that's been pissing us off about nick nurse it seems every year and this is like the one thing and this is i guess uh, you know a little less egregious than the timeout thing but it depends on how you look at it at least there are other bodies that you know capable to uh, mm. supplement the load of patrick mccall but before we get into that uh look if you're listening to this for the first time welcome to the show uh, you probably couldn't have picked a better episode to listen to to, to start up your South of the Sixth journey. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. It helps us makes it helps makes us more accessible to those that are looking for Raptors content. And uh, there's so much happening in like sports news, and it's the first time that I can recall that you know you have drama within the NFL. Like you have the NFL playoffs, the Aaron Hernandez. A uh, documentary was released, and people are spouting off about that. The obvious drama in baseball happening right now with the Astros cheating. Connor and I have gone back and forth via text about that at length. And, you know, you have, you have the Blue Jays with their new powder blues. The new old powder blues, I guess you could say. The updated power, powder blues. I'm wearing blues. the sweater right now, by the way. Dude, me too. I <laughs> yeah. shit you not. I Whoa. shit you not right now. Let's I'm rocking go. it. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I get a, I'll, I'll literally put a picture of the setup with my sweater on it. And and uh, I went out for breakfast this morning, and the and the guy goes, uh, guy's like, oh, so you're uh, you you were ahead of the times on the powder blue, eh? I'm like, oh, 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 buddy, of course. I was already. I was. We were. We were like the first movers, me and you, of this wave. We knew I, it was coming. I, I mean, you can you can thank my wife for that. She pretty much yeah. uh, picked it up for me for Christmas. I, I put it on the wish list, don't get me wrong, but like when I saw it, I was like, yo, this is dope. You there? 
Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, right. um, <laughs> I was like, because sometimes I don't want to like cut you off, right? And I'm just like, ah, let's see if he's gonna see. No, okay. No, 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 no. I, I just think it's a dope sweatshirt. So. Oh, I love it. It's uh, you know, the it's uh, oh, and people don't realize how comfortable this is. Oh, dude, Nike makes the best uh sweatshirts. I think they do. Like, I could, I could sit in this literally for the whole day when I want to be a lazy, lazy fuck. I just pull this out and I'm like. Mm. Looks good, feels good. I feel good. I'm comfy. Let's watch some NFL football today and and literally do absolutely fuck all. So that's what I do. The reason why I bring up, uh, by the way, I just texted you uh, the picture of me rocking it. The reason why I um I bring up this, all the other sports is because like sort of nothing is happening in the NBA when it comes to controversy, right? And when you think about how the NBA operates around this time, you figure like a lot of trade deadline talk. There hasn't really been much of that, but at the same time, there have been some small and minor trades happening here and there. But in comparison to the other two major sports, the NBA has been, you know, eerily a little bit quiet when it comes to drama and controversy. Mm -hmm. Well, they haven't really had any trades sort of happen, right? Like there was that, how long was that period between trades? It was like the first one that happened. It was because the last one that happened was in July or something and there hadn't been one since. Right. I think about that. I mean, like it it usually doesn't pick up in January, but no. you know, when it comes to and a lot of people just sign new contracts and a lot of, you know, free agents have mm-hmm. um or sorry, RFAs have re up their deals. So right. you know, that being said, a lot of these players couldn't have gotten traded until like December the earliest anyway. So mm-hmm. um I guess that's why there's not a lot of traction, but it's still it, it's it's starting to heat up and um you know, I'm going to leave this in your court. What do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the Patrick McCaw talk or do you want to get into trades? Because I feel like you have a lot to get off your chest when it comes to McCaw. I, I do. I don't know if I want to save it, though. Like, let's let's start with trades because okay. I want people to sort of keep listening to what I have to say and okay. and be like, oh, when's he going to when's he going to talk about McCaw and keep him interested? You know, it's that whole industry hook, line, sinker thing. So let's start with trades. We'll get into McCall later. All right, so let's let's kick it off. So there was a report uh, from Woj earlier this weekend, dropped on Twitter. I'm sure everyone has seen the video clip. Uh, the Raptors are aiming to be buyers at the trade deadline, which is a little shocking, a little counterintuitive, because I don't know about you, Connor, but for me, I thought that the Raptors were going to sort of hang tight and just sit on their hands a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still leaning towards that way. Not that I think that Woj is wrong about this. Obviously, he, he's got his finger on the pulse way more than I do. Right. But um, I, this, to me, was a little shocking in terms of the direction. So what do you think? What do you think the Raptors are in position to do when it comes to the deadline? And do you think that they are actually going to be buyers in a mega way? Or maybe Woj is saying that, no, they're probably just going to add some small pieces here and there just to stabilize rather their roster. What do you think? I I don't necessarily know if they'll be major buyers. And the reason that I say that is because everybody's looking towards 2021, right? Mm -hmm. And they're all looking towards that massive free agency class that includes, I don't know if you know this, and I don't know if any of the other listeners know this, but Giannis Antetokounmpo is a free agent in 2021. Did you know that? Never heard of him. Okay. <laughs> it's just a small name. I heard he might be linked to Toronto somehow with maybe like a, like Masai Ujiri, but I don't know. I can't, I don't remember. So, never heard of him. Um, never heard of him. So um, he, uh, I, I think everybody's sort of looking to that free agency class because look, even excluding Giannis aside, it is a pretty big free agency class. A lot can change in that off season. And obviously, Seasons aren't won in the offseason, but we like to crown winners in the offseason always. Mm. 
Saying that, though, I, I do think that there's going to be a lot of teams, and that might have been why the trade period has been slower. I just think there's a lot of teams that are hesitant to add money, right? Like, if you look at things like the Kevin Love contract, do does a team really want to add that money right now? No, right? Probably not. So um, I think that the... And, and I, I don't necessarily think that this person may come to the Raptors but something like an Andre Drummond Mm -mm. because he only has like he would be a pure rental player and they would essentially move on from an Andre Drummond right I just and and I don't know I think the resurgence of Marcus all in the play of Serge Ibaka might help with the Raptors saying you know what we don't need an Andre Drummond right now but um, that would be the only route that I sort of see them going towards Otherwise, I don't I just I don't see them adding money for 2021 unless they get an impact player like maybe a Carl Anthony Towns, something like that, where they're adding money onto it. But I don't know. I just um, and actually, I'm not even sure if Carl Anthony Towns has a contract through 2021. I can't remember. Yeah, he does. He does. That's why I thought that's why off the top of my head. I'm like, he does. But I blanked there for a second. Um, That would that might be the only way that I see them adding money is if it's a truly impact player. Otherwise it would just, for me, it's just like a rental or the buyout market. Yeah. I think that, you know, when we examine the trade market and what's, what's, you know, rumored to be available, you know, Andre Drummond was a huge, uh, talking point earlier and I just don't see the reason for it for, and it's kind of twofold one, like, yes, he's on, a quote-unquote expiring deal, but he doesn't have a player option next year, and I want to say it's for like 20-plus mil. So maybe he opts into that. Maybe he wants whatever team he gets traded to. If it's a place like Toronto, who has some like playoff pedigree now, uh, maybe he finds that attractive and doesn't want to deal with the drama of signing a new contract and just will opt in. Which, again, that doesn't really interfere with the 2021 season, but it still kind of locks you up for 2020. Mm -hmm. Um and at that point, like if you're looking, if you're looking to acquire an Andre, Andre Drummond just as a rental perspective, well, you already have two rentals right now, quote unquote, in Gasol and Ibaka, Ibaka right? Yeah. You know that they, they are going to be UFAs next year. I'm not saying they're not coming back. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But like, there's a good chance that maybe Ibaka will want to resign like a team friendly deal. Who knows? Um, right. So for me, it's just kind of like a wash at that point. It doesn't really make you better. I know the rebounding is very attractive to you know fans looking to improve in that aspect with the Raptors because that's been sort of their biggest weakness. Um, that in offense, I don't think Andre Drummond really gives you much more offense than the combination of Gasol and Ibaka would, um, and that's yet to be seen in terms of a full roster balance. Because look, we have. Uh, we have nine games left until the trade deadline anyway, so there's not really much time to evaluate this. But, you know, in terms of getting an impactful player outside of an Andre Drummond that, you know, doesn't have to do with the buyout market or doesn't have to do with something small, um, I think fans, you know, they like the idea of getting a guy like that. I don't I don't really have specific names right now, maybe like a Mike Conley or something, but, you know, Lowry's not going anywhere. No. But um, they... You can't look at it like a baseball trade or like a football trade where you're not really trading much to get something big because salaries have to match and uh, no one is trading you an impact player in return for a Stanley Johnson or a Patrick Really? McCaw. Yeah, <laughs> no, really, yeah. You know? Oh my God. It's crazy what? to think about, right? So, you know. Stanley I, Johnson. You, I, heard, I heard that you could trade Stanley Johnson for Joel Embiid straight up. Wow. I mean, yeah. obviously the salaries match. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously they do. Stanley um, Johnson's that impactful of a player that we paid him $20 million a year. Yeah, he got a substantial <laughs> oh, uh, two minutes and 40 seconds last night against Minnesota. Yeah. So, you know, shows uh, you the impact. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like if you're going to trade for an impactful player, it's probably going to cost you someone like a Norman Powell or an OG Ananobi, or maybe even a Terrence Davis at the very least, plus a couple picks, maybe a pick, depending on how unprotected it is or whatever. But, you know, I'm not sure that the Raptors are in position to do that. And like I said, they have nine games until the trade deadline to really see what this roster is made of. The more and more I think of it, and I'm not saying Woj is full of shit, but, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Why would you Why would you not just feel this out to the end? I don't. I don't really understand it too well myself um here's what here's what i think of it look we haven't seen this raptors roster healthy in what feels like an eternity right mm-hmm. that's what you let off with with the show you said we finally have it and that's that's been the sentiment of all raptors fans the fact that we have this team healthy i think is a massive trade deadline acquisition in itself if you want to view it that way right and say look we're getting all these pieces back we haven't seen this team healthy like this um moving forward a, a, a healthy Raptor squad, if we can sustain health now and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, knocked on wood, the injury situations are are behind us for the season, which I don't know, knowing this rate, we're going to lose five of our starters again by the time <laughs> playoffs come. You put it out to the universe, everybody, but, right? So there yeah, you go. Yeah, that's right. So if, if we do, you can all at me at TO <laughs> underscore sports views on Twitter. They will. That's the, that's the sneaky plug. And uh, and I'll, 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 I'll accept the flame. I'll accept the heat. All right. But I'm hoping it's like that anti thing where, you know, if, if somebody it, in hockey, if there's a goalie that has a shutout, and you say, wow, this goalie's got a, a shutout going, and then they don't get the shutout. It's like it's like a reverse curse. So I'm trying to like reverse curse this. Thing, okay. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's that's the that's that's what I'm going for. But like, oh man, the health is the big factor. And I think that in itself is the trade deadline acquisition for the Raptors, if that's how you feel it. The only way I see them adding somebody is if it's an a very impactful player. I just don't see them moving off of this current roster without adding someone impactful in return. I, I, I don't I don't see any situation that that happens. And I agree. And the thing is, like I mentioned, you're going to have to shell out a guy like Norman Powell or OG Ananobi, or maybe both, I don't know. Um, and those are two individuals that give you stability at least for next year, right? Yeah. So when you look at the next year's roster, really all that you have in terms of your impactful players, and I say all sort of like, you know, don't read into that too much, but you have Kyle Lowry, on a one-year deal next year. Um, you'll have Norman Powell still on the roster. You'll have OG Ananobi still on the roster. And that's it. Like, there's no guarantee that Fred Van Vliet comes back if he wants to resign. Maybe he wants to be a starting point guard somewhere else. I can't blame him, especially if right. they shell out a bag. Like, I, I can't blame him for that. No guarantee Serge Ibaka will still be on here, especially if another team wants to shell him out a bag. Mark right. saw like, I, I don't really feel comfortable playing a hefty sum of money anyway. And if he gets that elsewhere, again, go for it. Do your thing. You know, so if you're trading away an OG Ananobi and or a Norman Powell, really, you only have, like, it, assuming both of them are traded for an impactful player, you only have a Kyle Lowry at this point, plus, like, bench fodder. So, mm-hmm. like, what are we doing here? Like, to me, that just doesn't make sense unless this person that you're adding is on a multi-year deal or maybe has also one year left on the deal. Then you can include this player X. But I, I don't know. I don't know that I want to give up that stability. And it doesn't seem like something Masai would do to sacrifice next year because I know he's trying to win this year. 
right? Yeah. As daunting of a task as that may seem to people, you know, especially with Milwaukee and like the two LA teams on the other side. But like Masai is going to do everything he can to, and he's going to do the same thing next year, right? Yeah. I, I don't see him punting. So I, I, I just, I can't see a situation in which he sacrifices some stability for a rental or maybe just one one year player. I don't see it either. Uh, I'm in complete agreement with you, but. You know, I think that this roster fully healthy in the East, the only team that can challenge them is Milwaukee. I, I truly, genuinely believe that. Um, and even at that, I still think that the Raptors would give Milwaukee a good run. Um, I understand they, the results haven't been too kind to the Raptors versus Milwaukee this year. But um, come playoff time, everyone knows the different beast. Game, game plays different. You play them for seven game series. You see them more. You game, you game play them more, right? You adapt quicker. Like what they did with um, in our last Milwaukee series with Kawhi putting Kawhi on on Giannis stuff right. like that. So um, anything can change come playoff time. I just matchups wise, I don't see any other team really giving Toronto fits other than Milwaukee. Um, and in the West, I'm actually more afraid of the Clippers and the Lakers. Um, I think we've seen what Toronto can do to a Lakers team. And if that Lakers team faces a really stout defense like Toronto, I just, I think that the Clippers handle that a little bit better than the Lakers. So the only two teams that I'm really sort of worried about and say, yeah, you know what, this, this could probably, they could probably beat Toronto in seven game series would be Milwaukee or the Clippers. Otherwise this team fully healthy going to the playoffs. I don't see anyone else, really that scares me to that amount that those two teams do so why break it up unless you're adding something of value to come back to that you know will put you at least at that tier or what you believe to be slightly above that tier of of the true championship tier so uh it'll be interesting i believe in messiah i'll see what he does but um it's going to be very interesting trade deadline for this raptors team yeah, and, you know, I do think, you know, we mentioned Andre Drummond and how the rebounding aspect of the Raptors game has been sort of a weakness to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen them get into trouble into third quarters, like sort of collapsing. Um, same thing with the fourth quarter, um, giving up strong leads and making him into close games, or rather, you know, sacrificing big leads and turning them into close games. Um, I don't know that if someone... You know, if Masai is looking for another acquisition, it would be somewhat of a killer. Because when you look at this Raptors roster, and again, I'm not trying to shit on anybody on this roster. I have, Toronto sports fans are very sensitive when it comes to, you know, calling out some sort of heat when it comes to their, their players. I get it. And like, I'm a Toronto sports fan myself. So um, <laughs> throw me into this category, I suppose. But like, I'm not confident be, outside of maybe Kyle Lowry. And maybe Fred VanVleet, um, that they have like someone that you can reliably close games with in the playoffs that will turn that switch on in the playoffs and like kick it into an extra gear like we saw Kawhi Leonard do last year. Um, I'm not confident that we have that right now, and I don't know if that's sort of what Masai may be leaning towards. If this you know report is to be true. Um, maybe he's leaning towards someone of an impactful player in that regard, but like as it stands right now, um, I just I just don't see the Raptors making a huge push into the playoffs without a guy like that. What do you think? I, yeah, I don't know, and and this is this is where it's like it it gets confusing as as fans, and that's why we don't get paid the big bucks like the executives do, right? Where mm. they have all the they you know the Raptors have the IBM Watson. 
uh, war room where they have all the decisions to make there and all the information is presented to them in a way that even us um, heavy analytics fans will look and say we can't even gather that type of information online. It's not available. Right. So um, I don't know. I just like looking at looking at this roster is currently constructed. I get why. I, I get I get the worry of looking at it and saying we don't have that true Kawhi Leonard closer. Um, you know, we thought DeRozan might have been that guy. Uh, obviously, he wasn't. Um, you know, Lowry can do it. Has he done it? Has he closed games effectively in the playoffs consistently? I would still say no, even though I do think that Lowry in the playoffs, that that whole um narrative has been so blown out of proportion it's ridiculous i yeah. still love him in the playoffs but um i think that there are better closers out there than kyle lowry um i would even i would even say fred van vliet to me would i would prefer him to be more of the closer over kyle lowry okay. but over the course of a game i would still take kyle lowry if, if that if that makes sense to you right like you, you get what i'm saying i just think that people mm-hmm. fit different roles in different ways. Yeah. Um, but you're right. We don't have that true bonafide guy. That's going to be that killer. Um, we'll see if someone steps up to the plate. Pascal Siakam showed flashes of it potentially last year, but he didn't really have that many opportunities. He did have that one game against the Phoenix Suns last year where he closed out really well. Yeah. Uh, and people are like, Oh, if Kawhi doesn't come back, here's our closer. And maybe, right. I just, I haven't seen it and I'm hoping that maybe that changes come playoff time. But there's not many closers out there available on the market, right? There's not many, there's not many of those guys, so we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, you know, circling back to you know putting in, putting out. If you want to get one of those closers, you're going to have to give up something valuable. And this mm-hmm. is like what I'm talking about with the catch twenty two. Like no one wants to give up something of value, but they want more value. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, that's just not how it works in the NBA. It really doesn't, and especially not at the trade deadline. Um, so. It it depends on what's going to happen. I don't I don't necessarily see the Raptors making that much headway. However, I do see other teams around them. And you mentioned like they can go toe to toe with anybody, maybe even the Bucks. Like the Bucks are the biggest question mark in the East in terms of whether or not the Raptors can defeat them as they are. But like I don't know if Miami's going to make a, a solid acquisition. I don't know that the Celtics aren't going to make a, s- a solid acquisition. You know, you mentioned Celtics never trade for anybody. I'm not worried about them. That's true. Like Danny Ainge <laughs> needs to clearly win every trade. Danny uh, Ainge is like, if I don't hold on to my 18 draft picks yeah. and never use them, I will be happy. And you're like, okay, buddy, I don't know why you're why you do that because yeah. then you just uh, I I don't get it with him, man. But anyways, that's that's a completely different podcast topic. <laughs> you have um, the Pacers, and we talked about like how you can view the roster of the Raptors getting healthy as acquisitions. Um, you can say the same thing about Depot coming back to the 100%. Pacers, you know? So, like, we don't know if that's going to be a game changer, and we don't know if they're going to add on top of that, making I Indiana, to me, still the sneaky team that can make, a, like, a substantial push. And, you know, like, the 76ers, like, they are desperate to to win that fan base. That franchise is desperate to make some headway, so maybe they make a solid acquisition. I don't know. But as it stands right now, the Raptors, yes, I do think they can go toe-to-toe with everybody, but if they sit tight at the deadline and the other teams around them or a team around them makes a solid acquisition, well, that changes the whole game. That changes the recipe with everything. And I, this this is why, you're right, we don't get paid the big bucks because I can't make any sense of that like mental molestation right there because it's yeah. just like, it's way too much for me. So I, I just 
my gut is telling me that they're going to sit tight and like let's see what happens with this roster because again they only have nine games until the trade deadline that is a, a period of time that we would classify as a very small sample size. So mm-hmm. that's not enough time for Masai to evaluate, like, what do we have here with this fully healthy roster that we haven't had in seems like ages, which makes me feel like they're probably not going to do anything and just wait for the buyout market. I really believe that. Well, I mean, look at the buyout market last year. Some pretty quality names on there, like Wesley Matthews to the Bucks was a was a good signing, and he's come back this year, and he's been a valuable piece to their team. Um, you can still get some some guys on the bio market that will come as bench depth and maybe pave the way for getting McCaw sent to the G League. But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just um, there, there's so many there's so many different options out there for this team where the bio market is viable because guess what? The Raptors are a contending team and the bio market is usually. Uh, suffocated with contending teams looking to to round out the roster a little bit more than what they've had. So if you're a Raptors fan and, and the team doesn't make a trade, I don't think that, you know, there's going to be people, there's people that want to see a trade for the sake of having a trade. Yes. There's always fans that are like that. And I'm going to tell you for this trade deadline, don't be that fan. Don't be that guy that's like, wow, Masai didn't pull the trigger What's he doing with this team? I don't get it. Don't don't be that guy or girl. Just don't don't do it because this team made the one of the biggest pushes and biggest acquisitions in last offseason with the acquisition of Kawhi Leonard and pulled off one of the biggest risks. So you can't sit here and and say that this team doesn't want to risk it because um, if they decide to play cautiously this year, I'll be all for it. And if they and if they don't, if they want to make a trade and they think it's valuable, then I'm I'm on board too. But I'm on the Masai train all the way. Yeah, I, I that's why I, I trust his judgment. I really think that it's going to be one of those things that you know they're going to sit tight and which is fine. And you're going to have a lot of vocal fans saying things like that's ridiculous like we need to build like we need to make this postseason push i get it like and you know trust your roster like trust what you have right now trust that this team you haven't seen a fully healthy raptors team and god knows how long and it again you have nine games to sort of evaluate it maybe it's going to pleasantly surprise you like last night like there was some like there were some chemistry issues that i noticed like uh, in the game against minnesota for sure but like that's going to be ironed out with time so like just I, Set your expectations how, very low. That's all. I'm yeah. Saying. How many how many fully healthy games has this roster had this year? I want to say it's like six or seven or, or eight or something along yeah. the lines. I think it's a single digit number, like it's a six to low. eight. Yeah. Right. It's low. Um, that's essentially like saying this team is still in the midst of playing in late October, early November or early November in terms of gelling. Right. right. Like that's where they are in terms of having all their guys healthy and obviously, I know they went on steep playoff run and the roster hasn't really changed much and the chemistry should be there. But guess what? They haven't played together, all of them cohesively in a while. And they had to learn how to develop chemistry with guys like Chris Boucher and, and like and like Terrence Davis and Pat McCaw and all, and all that stuff. And now that the, the main guys are all coming back together, well, that's that's fine. But then now you got to learn, OK, the things that uh, the things that Rondé Hollis Jefferson are, are Pascal Siakam do is not the same thing that Chris Boucher does. And then it's just adjusting to that again. So it is an adjustment period, even though they've played together for so long. And we have to keep that in mind. 
All right, well, let's uh, let's put a pin in it right there for the trade talk. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'll uh, give you the floor to unload on Patrick Bacaw. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, dude, uh, I don't know if McCaw has naked pictures or compromising pictures of Nick Nurse somewhere, but uh, he's getting a lot of playing time. But before you, you know, say your piece, let me just set the landscape here. He's averaging approximately 28 minutes per game. Now, a lot of that had to do with, you know, the, the injuries and, you know, the absences of certain players. I get it. But like within those averaging 20 minutes, 28 minutes per game, He's averaging only six points per game, two and a half assists, one steal, 2.3 boards, and shooting 33% from deep, even though he doesn't really launch them that often, <laughs> and 44% from the field, which is fair. Okay, but for me, based strictly on these numbers, there's no justification for McCaw to be getting almost 30 minutes a game and playing over players like Terrence Davis. And maybe there are intangible, maybe there are intangibles, I should say, that aren't showing up on the stat board. But if we put that aside and just base it on the eye test, he still doesn't pass. So feel free to unload. What is the deal with Patrick McCaw and what does Nick Nurse see in him? Go ahead. Nick, my guy, if you're listening to this right now, sit down for a second. Let's have a chat, me and you, okay? Man to man. Patrick McCaw is fucking garbage, my man. He is trash. This is a G League guy. This is G League. I'm sorry. You know what? You want to look at his performance last night? Over the course of the time that the new year has begun, 2020 calendar is flipped. I'm going to read to you, and I know that the game is not just based on points. I get that. It's not offense. It's defense. I understand. His offensive output is garbage. Yes. Since 2020, okay, I'm just reading off the amount of points he's had in games. Three, eight. 6, 13, 2, 6, 2, 2. In those games, he has not played any less than 22 minutes. In any of those games. In the game they got 13 points, he played 43 minutes. Jesus. Nick. <laughs> what are you doing? Terrence Davis gets more points in one game than Patrick McCaw does in 10. Okay, that alone is better. He has... Patrick McCaw is known for his defense. In most games, he is a negative. He is not a valuable asset. Well, the, the last game, and it wasn't last game. I can't remember which game was. Was it the uh, the OKC game? Shit, I can't remember which one it was. Um, Ter- uh, Terrence Davis was plus 18, and Patrick McCaw was minus 5. And I'm blanking on the game right now. I'll look but, it up right now. Go ahead. But Keep Patrick going. McCaw had more minutes and more exposure than Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis is head and shoulders better than Patrick McCaw. I don't understand what your obsession is with Pat McCaw. I don't know if he's a superstar at the OVO Athletic Center where they practice. I don't know. I'm not there to see it. I don't know if he, like you say, he's got some photos of Nick Nurse or like he sets his family up or he's got some like drug deal thing going on. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And it confuses me. It frustrates me. And it frustrates most other people in the league in terms of Raptors fans. I know it. 
so I know that they're I know what the Raptors fans are saying there and they're kind of nodding their head and they're like, yes, preach. If you're not saying yes, preach, that's fine. Difference of opinion. I get it. But your opinion's wrong. OK, because, <laughs> because this is the only opinion that matters. And this is the one that makes the most sense. Patrick McCaw does not deserve rotational minutes. Granted, when this team was really hurt, I said, look, I, I don't want this guy around this team when he's healthy, but I understand the need for it right now because we had no other option. We're playing like even O'Shea Brissett was better than Patrick McCaw. Yeah. Right. And Patrick McCaw is getting 40 minutes a game when the team's hurt. And O'Shea Brissett is putting up better numbers in like eight. What is the obsession? I don't, I don't get it. I've tried to logically sit down, look at all the numbers, watch back the games, see if there's something that, like in terms of defensive movements or, um, or in terms of like reads on plays that he just does better. I don't see it. Eye test has failed me. Analytics have failed me. Like it's it's an F. This guy's a walking L, and he's still taking minutes on this roster. Terrence Davis is an undrafted gem. Don't treat him worse than 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 anyone else. This guy should be getting minutes. This guy is the next up and coming Fred Van Vliet in terms of undrafted gems. Don't do this to him, man. You're gonna piss him off. Send him to the G League if you're not gonna give him minutes. I, I I've come on the show before and I've said that if you're not gonna give him more than eight minutes, send him to the G League. Because then this guy's going to ball. He's going to go 40 a game. He's going to become the next Pascal Siakam in terms of G League stars. And that's that. But develop him properly. I'm sick of this. Like, at first, I'm like, it's a cute joke, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm kind of pissed off. But now I'm, now I'm getting really mad. Because Terrence Davis has shown time and time again, he is a rookie. He will have rookie games. I get it. But he has shown time and time again that he deserves more minutes than Patrick fucking McCaw. So what is going on? I like Patrick McCaw, your hair sucks. Your game sucks. Your defense <laughs> sucks. And your offense is fucking garbage, dude. Make a bucket. Fuck. I'm sick of it. That's my rant. It's over. So done. You touched on a lot of things, obviously. Um, yeah. I circling back so to the, to the, to the <laughs> plus minus comparison. You're talking about the OKC game. It's confirmed. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's OKC. Yeah. Terrence Davis was a plus 18 in that game in 17 and a quarter minutes. Patrick McCaw was a minus five in 25 and a half minutes. And look, you can talk about the defense all you want. And you know, you being the abstract, you, not you, Connor Chambers, yep. but like when it comes to, the the defensive upside, quote unquote, that Patrick McCaw may or may not have, I'm just not seeing it. Like he's getting blown by defenders on the regular, especially in the paint, and it just seems like the effort is lackluster on the yes. defensive end. Like I know he's pretty good at you know meeting right at the top of the key, um, in terms of guarding the the guard coming up, the point guard coming up. But when it comes to the interior game, both defensively and offensively, it's just not there. Um. Yes. He's very hesitant when it comes to shooting, especially wide open shots. You have to take those. Like I don't, I don't care if you're like a net negative when it comes to shooting. Like just you have to shoot them. And it's this, wide open, go for it, buddy. Like, yeah, you have to. Like I'm not gonna fault you if you at least try. But he's passing yes. up open shots and he's making you know other players on this team like get into traps and get into like jumbles in, in the in the in the paint. Like it's just not productive. Um. And, you know, we can we can harp on the notion that, okay, well, maybe he's getting these minutes because, like, he's a long guard. 
He's sort of like DeLon Wright-esque in that aspect, except he's not... Except uh, DeLon Wright's 10 times better than Patrick McCaw. Especially finishing <laughs> at the rim, right? Like Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Maybe shooting, they were the same, because I do recall DeLon Wright being very hesitant when it came, I, came to shooting, but like he sort of broke out of that towards the end of his tenure with the Raptors. And defensively, I just saw a lot more in DeLon Wright than I do in Patrick McCaw. But you look at this you know, whole roster construction and say, okay, well, maybe things will be different when the team is healthy. Last night, again, it's just one game, but that there was no indication of such, right? No. Patrick McCaw logged approximately 21 and a half minutes. Sure, he was what, a plus four, but he only gave you two points. And again, you're right. Points aren't everything, but when you're trying to win a game, they certainly fucking matter. Absolutely. And like, you compare that to Terrence Davis's 10 and a half minutes. Yes, he was a minus six with no points, but you didn't give him the opportunity and look at the players he was playing with. Right. Yeah, when you garbage. When you give well, him, in comparison, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when you give him opportunities to succeed, he sort of thrives. And all of this wouldn't bother me so much if it wasn't for that five minutes too long comment. If that yeah. never happened, I don't know that I'd be this upset about it. Because you have a guy like Terrence Davis that you say, no, he played eight minutes and it was almost like five minutes too long because he's just as terrible out there. Well, what are you seeing in Patrick McCaw? Like, yeah. what are you seeing? Like, where are these comments when it comes to Patrick McCaw? And then when Terrence Davis, the very next day, breaks out of that, gives you a master performance, and you start him, right? And it seems like these, these woes have been sort of eliminated or eradicated from Terrence Davis's performance, and he's playing well. You don't reward him, right? Yeah. You, you, you see Patrick McCaw, he's playing maybe arguably worse than those eight minutes of time that Terrence Davis played that one game, but you're still giving him opportunity after opportunity. I don't understand it. Like if, if it wasn't for that one comment, I wouldn't be this upset, but because you made that one comment, Nick nurse, you sort of like set this precedent that if you're not going to play well, you're not going to play at all. Okay. Then why is Patrick McCall last night with a fully healthy roster playing 21 and a half minutes? I don't get it. He should he he's playing 21 and a half minutes too much. Yeah, <laughs> like this guy, this guy does not deserve minutes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you put Patrick McCall on waiver stay, he would not be claimed. Maybe, maybe Cleveland makes another thing from him. He's like, oh, I'll take a flyer on Pat McCall or something. No, 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 truly contending team i'll rephrase that because there could be some okay. bottom feeders yeah, that, that look to that look to maybe get some value from a guy like low risk high reward like what the blue jays would do with players stuff like that sure yeah maybe the washington wizards of the world then and uh who knows maybe even golden state takes another flyer on him because they're they're garbage and maybe they can flip him for something later on who familiarity knows? too yeah yeah but you're you're gonna you're gonna tell me I guarantee you not a single playoff contending team would pick up Pat McCaw. I could I could bet my life on it because he's not good. He doesn't fit a raw like he doesn't fit he doesn't deserve twenty one and a half minutes. He deserves two and a half. Yeah, he's he deserves Stanley Johnson garbage time. And I don't like your, your your points are so valid. You pass up wide open shots. You you set up your teammates to shoot in five seconds or less because they're up against a shot clock. So you took five hours to decide on what to do. What is wh why? Why does he get minutes? It's it's frustrating to see. 
it's frustrating as a Raptors fan to look and be like, oh, man, like, not this again. Mm. Like, not this again. Get him off the court. Not this again. He makes boneheaded turnovers. Like, I saw him and I was at the Portland game, um, the one where they choked that lead and Carmelo looked like a god. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I, I saw Patrick McCall in the flesh and I'm like, look, I'm going to give this dude a clean slate. <laughs> because maybe there's something on TV I ain't seeing right. Because there's no way that Nick Nurse can be still giving this guy time if he's if he's garbage. Right. He's worse in person than he is on TV. <laughs> I don't I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. It's been such a conundrum to me. I don't understand it. Fans that have watched the games live and watched games on TV are all in agreement. I think for the most part, I think there's one person that was sort of like defending Pat McCaw and whatever. That's fine. Like if, if you, if you like Pat McCaw, that's fine. I'm just telling you he's not good. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it, man. TD two is just so much better. Give him the minutes. Yeah. And Give you know, the if this was a matter of like lack of guard depth, I would say, well, what else are you going to do? And that's sort yes, of what my attitude yes. was during like all these injuries. I was 100%. like, you kind of have to throw out some bodies that you don't want to throw out just out of necessity, just so you can eat yep. up minutes, right? Yep. And granted, like last night, it's it's a luxury to have Kyle Lowry only playing 28 minutes. It's a luxury right now, especially coming mm-hmm. off an injury for Fred Van Vliet to only play 28 and a half minutes. But like, you have Norman Powell, and we're going to get to him in a bit, but you have Norman Powell sort of like firing on all cylinders. And you have Terrence Davis again, like trying to prove his, his weight and salt here. With this team, like, give him the opportunity. Like, I, I just, maybe it's the championship pedigree. Maybe it's the fact that Patrick McCaw was, you know, coincidentally on three championship teams, right? I, I don't know. But it, to me, there's just no justification for it. Like, I, I'm off the Matt Thomas train. I really am. Like, I, I understand why he's not getting substantial minutes because, you know, the defense just isn't there. And Nick Nurse has set yeah. a precedent that, like, defense is priority number one when it comes to this team. So, like, I, yeah. I understand. Stanley Johnson, like I'm not, I'm not there yet. I will play Patrick McCall over Stanley Johnson all day. Like, hundred percent. Yeah, I have no issues when it comes to that. But yes. when you're making the comparison with Terrence Davis, again, you set that precedent of five minutes too long. Okay, and it's it's just chapping my ass a little bit because it, Patrick McCall is playing, as you mentioned, 21 minutes and 39 seconds too long, and I, I just don't see the justification for it. I don't, and yeah. you know, until I see something from him, like. I guess what bothers me is that he had that one game. Like, I was just about to say that. Like, yeah, he had that one game. I'm, I'm literally looking to pull it up. It was like a, uh, it was against the Celtics. He played yeah. 43 minutes, had 18 points, seven rebounds, eight assists. He shot eight of 12, two of four from three. Yeah, and I'm like, cool, man. Like, okay, show this to me more often, but you don't. And like, everyone's gonna a blind nut's gonna a blind nut a blind squirrel's blind gonna squirrel. find a, a nut here yeah. and there. And sure, Patrick McCall, you found your nut, but dude, like, you're not good. You're not. Uh, look, I, yeah. I I feel hard plus to press to say that because I'm not an all star athlete here. I'm not an NBA player, but in terms of what I've seen in ter- an NBA talent, like, you just don't have it, right? And if if I can see it and Nick Nurse is way smarter than I am, I feel like he can see it too. So maybe I'm giving Nick Nurse the benefit of the doubt that maybe there's something about Patrick McCaw that he's offering that I just am not recognizing. But like law of averages, man, if you have thousands of people, and I know it's just Twitter, but if you have thousands of people, and you know, a handful of people that are way smarter than me right now saying these things like, 
you know, Blake Murphy and Eric Green, like saying these things on Twitter, like he's not that yeah. good. Like I'm kind of leaning towards that because these are people that I trust. They're kind of smart, eh? Those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think they might. I, it's like they do this for a living or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't I don't know if. And this is what this is sort of what bothers me though too. And I'm gonna slam on the media a little bit here. Um, I've come out on Twitter and I've said, look, I I know that people have asked him about Pat McCaw, but get on him. Are you are like are, I don't know if they're just scared to be. Um, black blackballed by the the raptors and say well you're not allowed back here if you're going to question nick nurse on his rotations that hard but someone needs to be like dude uh, terrence davis is much better shown that he can be much better than pat mccaw pat mccaw is getting these minutes why does he deserve these minutes he has shown nothing to deserve these minutes like no one no one's coming and i know that you still have to be professional i get it and i'm I'm kind of talking out of my ass here when I'm saying these these uh, like these exact phrases. And I sure, don't sure. mean that they have to quote me word for word. But someone has to come out to the extent of Nick. Why is this happening? Like what from a coach? What are you seeing? Because then that's fair. You have to say, what are you seeing from a basketball perspective that makes you believe that Patrick McCaw deserves more minutes than Terrence Davis or that Patrick McCaw deserves the amount of minutes that he is getting. That's a fair, valid question because it's basketball media. The fans want to know and they're curious as to why he's going to make certain decisions. I don't think that that's out of line and I haven't heard anybody say that recently. So why, why is this happening? Why does this happen? Yeah, it's right. Someone needs to push him on it because no one's been doing it. It's this, don't get it twisted. This isn't, and you know, this is for the listeners. This isn't like last year's playoff run with Fred Van Vliet being like, why are you playing him? He's been terrible. Like you should play Jeremy Lin. The reason why there was like rooted frustration with Fred Van Vliet, I feel, at least this is how I felt, is because I've seen him play very well before. You know, like, like I've seen him put up really solid numbers. Like this was a guy that was getting six man of the year nods like the year before. Yeah. So like this is we've seen him play very well. That's why it was so frustrating, you know, in the opening half of the playoffs, pretty much up until the Golden State series, that like he just wasn't playing well. I was saying this is not the Fred Van Vliet that we know. He's kind of choking in the moment. He's shook. When it comes to Patrick McCall, I've just never seen it. I've never, never seen it once. So like I, I I don't understand what what is happening here. That that I really have nothing more to add to it than that. It's yeah. just I, I'm with you, and I wanted to give you the floor. To, yeah, uh, you, you know, knew. I, I, I told I've told you for a few weeks. I said, look, if this team gets healthy when we do our podcast and he's still getting minutes. I'm making my rant and I'm coming on here. Nick, my guy, <laughs> end of rant. Please listen to what I have to say. Please listen to what Raptors fans all over the globe are clamoring for you to do. Please don't play him. Please don't play Patrick McCall. I'm begging you please please all right well nick nurse if you're listening sit on that for a minute we're gonna take a break as you do we will be right back with a little bit more of a positive analytics we'll be right back this is the overtime podcast network (laughs) all right so on the flip side (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so now that that's done <laughs> Norman Powell has been outstanding and since returning I know it's only been you know four games 
But in those four games, he's averaged 23 points, two and a half dimes, three boards, shooting 61% from the field and 48% from deep. Just outstanding. And before, you know, this injury, he was playing very well in that short period of time, that short chunk of time. And I was fearful that the injury was going to sort of knock him off that because we've seen that with Norman Powell. These things usually came in waves and one minute he's super reliable, the next minute he's not. But clearly he still hasn't missed a beat. The question when it comes to Norman Powell, and I think it's a fair one, how sustainable do you think this is? As long as Fred Van Vliet and his shaman baby are on this team, it's very sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> that baby works magic, man. It's true. It's true. <laughs> like, I all, all jokes aside, like, look, I didn't. I, and what is what is it? The people have said since Norman Powell's like held Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet's baby's averaged what like twenty points, yeah. something like something like that. Look, it's it's a funny coincidence, and people want to point to that because that's what happened with Fred when he got this kid. He just became he became senior. Yes. It was just like, oh, I'm a different, I'm a different man now. I'm a man's man. <laughs> and just walked out there and was a walking bucket. Um, I don't know if the same vibes got off to Norman Powell, but you know, um, I think, I think coming into this year, everybody sort of understood. Look, no more Kawhi Leonard, more shots available. Pascal Siakam, Fred VanVleet are are drooling at the fact that there's more shots, but. There's more shots for guys like Norman Powell, too. Don't get it twisted. He's getting more of an opportunity this year than he ever has. And I think that he's starting to develop this consistency that we've always wanted from him and that we've always sort of hoped that he can get from from the days that we saw him um, early on as he came out as a second round uh, rookie, right? We're like, oh, this this dude, this dude shows flashes, but we're hoping that he can have that consistency to give us, you know, even if it was like 12, 14 points a game, you take that from a guy from a second round draft pick shooting guard in like a Norman Powell, right? Yep. From what he's shown. Um, kind of regressed and we we're all sort of questioning, like, do we do we evaluate him wrong? No, you know what? I Some guys take longer to develop than others. Um, Norman Powell's sort of, I think, showing that in this case. And um, look, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not advocating to trade Norman Powell. If, if you want to trade for a star or a superstar, and I'm not, I don't know what would be available. We're, I'm kind of looping this back to the beginning and you have to throw in a guy like Norman Powell. You, you do it. His value has never been higher, but he's still a very important piece to his team. So if you're going to take him away you have to add something that's you, in your mind for what this team needs is going to give you greater value. Um, the points are there. His defense seems to be pretty good. Um, I, have, I, I don't really have any true complaints about his his defense in terms of like something glaring. So um, he's been he's just been a, a real bright spot, and especially with all those injuries that happened. And I know he got hurt and then came back, but. He's shown that, like, look, I can be a guy to help lighten the load off of a Siakam, a Fred, a Kyle Lowry, uh, um, whoever else is going to be taking shots, right? Serge Ibaka. Um, I can be that guy to sort of say, look, give me the give me the ball while you guys are taking a break. I'll help you out. You get back on here, and I'll be. He's been he's been the proper teammate, and that's all you can really 
ask for if you're a if you're a general manager if you're a teammate so norman powell deserves to have the minutes he's getting he deserves all the recognition and the praise that he's gotten from fans and media and and teammates and coaching staff so i'm very happy for him we'll see if this sustains itself i i I think that it will but who knows right it's it's gonna depend uh come down late season playoffs health but i like where he's headed I'm glad you mentioned it before I could because, you know... Like, <laughs> I've read your mind. Yeah, a little bit when it comes to him being, like, tradable. And I know, again, that's probably much to the dismay of people listening right now. But, you know, in terms of the value of, like, you mm. look at the roster that you have right now. You're not trading Fred. Unless Fred has given you a clear indication that he has no interest in coming back. then you trade Unless him. he wants to reunite with Dwayne Casey in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, no, that's <laughs> serious. Like, if he has said, like, yeah. I'm yeah. looking to be a starter next year. Yeah. If you can't provide me that and guarantee me that, I'm going to go elsewhere. And, like, there's yeah. sort of... I, that wouldn't surprise me if some sort of conversation has been said already. But, like, maybe that's why he's getting starting minutes with a Kyle Lowry at the moment. Um, right. But that's a side discussion. When you look at OG Ananobi and you know, a Norman Powell. For me personally, I'd rather trade OG Ananobi. And I know that, again, that might be to the dismay of a lot of people listening, but I'm just not seeing it in terms of we've like... Talk, we've talked about this. Yeah. Like you I'm, and I. Yeah. I. He's good. Like, I'm not saying he's... He, he could be great too one day. But in terms of... I, I just don't see it on a consistent basis from him. Um. I don't know that I know the defensive upside's there and that's very critical when it comes to this team as we've already touched on. But if I had to choose to trade him or Norman Powell, I'm leaning towards OG and Anobi. The reason why I think it's going to be Norman Powell, if anyone's going to get traded at all, is because you're right, his value has never been higher. And that contract, it's it's matchable and it's just so good. Like I remember when it was when it was made and was signed, people were like, "Oh my God, this is like a, an egregious albatross of a contract right now." <laughs> He's only getting paid ten mil, right? And going you, into this year, people are saying that. Yeah, like and his like, his cap hit this year is ten point one one six million. Not bad. His cap hit next year is ten point eight six. Yeah, and that's like matchable when it comes Very. to someone. And if you want to get someone that you can like sort of hold on to for the next year, whether he be like someone with an option or whatever. It's certainly something that you can flirt with. Um, but, you know, trade talk aside, he's just been outstanding. And this is, like, finally what we've been waiting for when it comes to to Norman Powell. And I have said this on the show probably to you. Or just I know I've said it ad nauseum. He is, like, diet DeMar DeRozan for me. Like, he has, like, that same build. He doesn't nearly as good a, of a mid-range game as DeMar, but they're, the way they function offensively is very similar. And, um, you know, Norman Powell still has the, the issues finishing at the rim, like here and there. Like, it's just, you know, the famous Norman Powell drinking game. But his three-point yes. shot has become much more reliable as of late. And that is something that is very attractive to me. His release has become so much smoother. He's shooting with a lot more confidence. And for me, like, if he's going to stay on the Toronto Raptors team this year and next, that is something that I can, like, say, okay, we're set there. Like, he's definitely going to be a starter in this lineup right. next year. And right. we can rely on that. And then for that, I hope it's sustainable. I really do. But in the back of my mind, I had that itch saying, no one pal has let you down before. It might happen again. Right. And, and that, well, and that's just it, right? It's the, it goes back to what I was saying about the consistency. And right. we've, we've seen it with him. And we thought that, I mean, I, I thought that after the playoff series versus Milwaukee the first time when 
he like balled out. I'm like, oh man, like this guy's gonna be clamping up, hitting key shots, like gonna be killing teams. Like it's we we gotta we got a piece. Remember, we treated Grievous Vasquez. Yep. For OGN and OB Norman Powell. Essentially. Right? That's that was that was the trade. And now both of those guys, you, you talk about the value of them, right? Milwaukee's probably going, oh fuck, what do we do? Right? Executive of the year, okay, sure. This he's never had higher value. Um but again, I wouldn't trade him for equal value. Like for me, I'd have right. to be motivated to move him. He'd have to be included in a package for me that's not that's not like Norman Powell for a Norman Powell like value back. I, I couldn't I couldn't do that because no. I think that I think that he I believe that he can increase his trade value. And you know how you know my motto, man, you 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 accumulate assets and you just accumulate like the, the assets. Asset management is what I preach. That is my mantra. Asset management. Norman Powell, emotion detached from Norman Powell. He is he is a stock option to you in this example. Your stock has never been higher in value as as a um, investor than it has right now looking at the Norman Powell stock. And and your your stock guy, your your financial advisor says, look, this is what we got on him right now. Do you want to sell or are you banking that he's going to go higher? Because right now is it's a pretty juicy time to sell. Mm. But you love that stock option because it's been giving you so much back in return lately when everyone was laughing at you for buying it. So what do you do? Right. And and as as a as an asset, you can't go wrong either way. I think in this circumstance, I don't think anyone's going to fault you for trading for trading away Norman Powell if it gets you something that's really going to help you make a push. But at the same time, I don't think anyone's going to be upset if you don't. So now you have to look at that and say, what's what's the plan here? Because Norman's had a great year and, and fans love him. So you have to take that into account a little bit, too. But um. I, I, I'd have to be really enticed to move him at the end of the day. Yeah. I'd have to. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm going to speak for you here a little bit. Yes. We're not advocating a trade. D- yes. You know, like, yes. we're not saying he should be traded. I'm just 100%. saying, like, when you look at the roster, something that's not going to be, like, a huge detriment to your performance as of right now. Yes, he's been playing lights out. But if you're getting something better, like, you need to give up something of value. You have to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not sure that other teams, as, you know, given by my analysis of OG Ananobi, I tend to want to believe, I guess you can say, that other teams are thinking, maybe they think they can, like, excel him. But I think when they look at, you know, given the two, they're like, oh, no, Norman Powell is a much more attractive option. And again, like, his salary is much more easier to match. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, again... Well, well, I think it was from November 29th that, you know, quote unquote, held Van Vliet's baby here. Um, yeah. You know, this is way before the injury, right? This is 14 games. And yes. he's only, you know, again, points aren't everything here. But in that time frame, he's only put up single digit points twice within 14 games. Which That's is unbelievable. It's pretty good. And he's been in the minus column six out of those 14 times. Right, and when he's in the plus column, that's pretty substantial. So, right. you know, given how good he has been playing, pretty much since the Orlando game, uh, November 29th, 
He's been playing outstanding, and you sort of want to capitalize on that, whether that means, like, give him more minutes or use him as a trade chip, I don't know. But, you know, it, it's just, it's encouraging to see, trade talk aside, it's encouraging to see that he's able to tap into this because we've been craving this from a Norman Powell for so long. Like, yes. been, you know, ever since that Indiana series back in, what, 2015, 16, whatever it was, yep. that playoff season, um, we've been seeing this, like, you know, this potential that Norman Powell has been, you know, capable of, and we want him to tap into that. And it took him about four or five years to actually do it, which is fine. But like, I just need to see it more. And again, like seeing it before the injury and after the injury, especially after in the rate after the injury has been Mm -hmm. very encouraging. So like I'm leaning towards, yes, he's going to be just fine. But again, it's just that Norman Powell itch in the back of my head. Be like, I'm not sure, but I, I have confidence in it that this is sustainable, especially given the fact we haven't even touched on this. The second half of the schedule is so beneficial and favorable to the Raptors that he has like prime pickings right now to really put a stamp on this team. I think that I heard um, somewhere it was an article, I believe I want to say it was on ESPN or Bleacher Report or something like that, where they were going over the the Raptors and they talked about the strength of the schedule and the Raptors had what they they had in terms of their formula as the fourth hardest schedule in the NBA. Um Going forward, they would have the second easiest. Yeah, behind Atlanta, I think it was. That I believe so. And yeah. it, well, in Atlanta, Atlanta is still only going to win like eight of those games, yeah. anyways. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Trey Young is going to put up fifty and they'll lose somehow. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, the Raptors couldn't have picked a better time to get healthy, and the fact that they were injured as mu- as many games as they lost to injury. And their record coming out of one of the hardest schedules in the NBA is not talked about enough. National media, and I know it's like fueled by U.S. and the Raptors, they're still the defending NBA champs, but because they don't have that Kawhi guy, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, the Raptors, and what a good story, and yeah. see what they do in the playoffs, and <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's it's they they don't really care because it's LA versus LA, and then Giannis. And it's a superstar fuel league. Like I get it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that they're not doing their jobs properly. But if this was, if this was the Lakers, oh my God, LeBron would be a LeBron would deserve like a Medal of Honor mm. or something. The goat has done it again. And I, I love LeBron. Like don't like I actually do. I know. You, I know you're not a fan of LeBron. I love LeBron. But um, they they be he is undeniably the goat. He's carried this team. All the way, him and Danny Green, because Danny Green's the only other healthy player. Now, now Alex Caruso's averaging 15 points a game, and they're just like superstar in the making. And like this team is the best, and like you know what I mean. And they don't. That doesn't happen with the Raptors. And and I I get it. Look, I don't need the U.S. media to clamor to us, but it would be nice for somebody just to say this isn't this isn't luck or that the playing field has been even because it's it's not. Had a very tough schedule in comparison to the rest of the teams above us, or I guess now below us. I think we're third in the East we are third. upon recording. Yes, we are third. Um, so, so suck it, everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and the fact that we have not had a healthy roster for more than seven or eight games. Right? Now we're going to go into this stretch of games and we're going to have a Mohawkey Bucks-esque run, I think, I want to say. And people are going to be, wow, okay, this this team can't be ignored anymore. So I think I think we're going to put them on notice. It's going to be very interesting. So 
uh, we'll see, I guess, where, where that sort of ends up in the in the storylines, right? Well, when it comes to Norman Powell, again, I, I, I need to like close this segment with saying this because we're going to get a lot of tweets and we're going to get a lot of people coming after us. We are not advocating for a trade. We're just saying I feel <laughs> yes. like he's, he's, you know, he might be a good option and don't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I don't want him to be traded like if it was up to me, unless it's for someone outstanding. But, like, um, if you're going to get, if you're going to get a guy, and, I'm, and this is not what I'm saying that the Raptors are targeting, and this is all, we're all talking hypothetical here in every circumstance we've thrown out of a Norman Powell. But if a guy like, if, if Minnesota, or if, if you're Messiah Jury and you call it Minnesota and you say, hey, I hear cats available, what do you want? This so will start with Norman Powell. What are you going to hang up the phone? No, hell no. No, no, no. Right? No. Like, I love, I love Norman Powell, but I think cat would be great. So yes. you got to give up value to get value. That's the way it goes. Yes. Because no team is going to trade Joel Embiid. Did you see that? Like, you know what I'm referencing, right? That I, I don't. Um, you do? I do not. Okay. So this, so uh, there was, there was a tweet or it was from a podcast and I can't remember which one it was. I want to say, um, I know it wasn't the Bill Simmons podcast. It was some other NBA podcast. And it was a popular one. It's escaped my mind. And not I'm really upset that it is. Hmm. Not the low post. No, it's All not right. the low post. Um, Oh, geez, I can't remember. It, it'll come back to me and then it'll probably be by the time we're done recording. And then as soon as you hit stop, I'm going to be, it was this podcast. And then I can't, I can't include it. Um, somebody on there, one of the uh, one of the people that get paid to uh, analyze basketball for a living said that um, in the trade, they were playing around with the trade machine and they would trade Joel Embiid to the Clippers for um oh shit who was it it was for um why am i blanking on um montrez harrell landry shamit and a first yeah no right no like what no no so like yeah so that's what i'm saying you can't just like you you can't just trade these people like that and that's why like when i was talking about the uh in in our trade segment i'm going yeah you can trade joel and b for him for stanley johnson because like yeah. anybody guess, can trade for Joel Embiid, right? That doesn't like wh- what? Where do people get this information from? I know I'm completely off track. This has just come to my mind. Right, but right. Um, you have to give up value to get value. You can't just can't just ask for a superstar, not expect to give up anything back in return. That's not how this works. Would you classify Norman Powell as a top twenty player in the NBA? No. If you can get a top twenty player in the NBA for Norman Powell, would you do it? Yes. There you go. Like, like for me, it's just, it's just like, what do you, what are we doing here? Of course, like, segment, segment. That's it. Like that's it. he's just not, and like I'm not even sure that I put him in a top twenty in the East right now. Like I know he's been playing lights out, but yesterday I was on the Raptors Rapture podcast with Hunter Surplus, and we were, and this is legit. Great, great guy, great podcast. Yeah, way. yeah. We were yeah. struggling to find if Siakam was a top ten player in the NBA, and we discovered I don't think he is. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't think he is right now. And like, that, if you want me to just go on a side tangent right now, I will. Like, these are the people that I have in front of Pascal Siakam. We have Giannis in front of him. I put Jimmy in front of him. Um, I did not put Tatum in front of him, but I did put Embiid in front of him. I put Depot in front of him. 
Um, mm-hmm. So there's this four right there. Obviously, LeBron and AD in front of them. I put Jokic in front of them. Obviously, Kawhi and PG in front of them. And I put uh-huh. Luka in front of them. So that's 10 right there. And if you don't want to put Jimmy in there, or you don't want to include, I don't I, I don't know who else you wouldn't want to put in there, but if you don't want to put Depot in there, okay, I'm putting Harden in there. Right? And so there's 10. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, in, in that respect, like... You're, you're missing. You're missing Curry. Well, I'm saying active right now. Like this. Oh, season. Act, okay. Okay, active. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, wait, but um, okay. Um, he's bubble. Like he's fringe. E- either way, either way that you want to put it, he's definitely fringe. Yes. He's he's definitely not top five. Like we can all we can all agree on that. He might East. be top five. Uh, I think he's top five in the East. I do. Oh, sorry. I meant I, I didn't mean East. I'm I'm thinking uh, I was crossing our Norman Powell yeah. reference. Um, he's definitely not top five in the NBA. He's he's top five in the East. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yes. I, I would have I would have Giannis, um, Embiid, uh, me maybe I I I don't like I don't like Jimmy Butler. I, maybe yeah, yeah, Depot because I like Depot, but I haven't. Again, he's just been hurt for so long. I don't know how he's gonna fully come back over the course of a even just as half a season. I don't know, but um, and then there's Siakam. He's in that like three four five range yes knees, yeah i'm pretty right? jimmy in there but even with that he's still a top five player yes yeah so i it's yeah even even at that i don't think he's top. i don't think he's top 10 i think that the west have more have better individual top five than the east so if so if if siakam is not cracking or, or siakam is barely cracking top five in the east it's hard to say he's top 10 in the nba he, I don't. I just don't think he is. And if if we're putting, you know, Siakam on the bubble, and again, that's not to take anything no, I, away from Siakam. I love we we love yes. Siakam. We like love Siakam. nothing. I think he's an all star. I think he should start in the all star game. I'll even put it that far. I'm not taking anything away from him. Okay, but if we're not putting him in the top ten in the NBA, we're we're definitely saying that Norman Powell's not a top twenty player in the NBA. Right, and if he's not a top twenty player in the NBA, you have the opportunity to get someone in that tier, whether it's like the low top twenties, like an eighteen, nineteen guy. I'm not saying this is going to happen. You do it, and the reason why people are so reluctant to do it, like Raptors fans, is because of the emotion attached to it, and like yeah. this, this breakout performance that he's having. I don't even know that he has top twenty potential. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I, I maybe he does. Maybe this is like a new Norman Powell moving forward. And I, I have a feeling this episode is going to be super controversial when it comes to Raptors fans. Yeah, that's fine. But whatever. Like, bring it, bring but, it. I'm here for the sauce. Let's go. Bring it. I, I just, again, I'm not advocating for a trade. But if it does happen, and we're getting someone that or some bodies that are going to be extremely impactful for this team, i.e. Uh, a Carl Anthony's town, which, by the way, I didn't even include in the top 10 in the NBA that I just listed, um, yeah. but I would put him in the top 20, then you do it. Like, you do mm-hmm. it. And, like, you'll guess that might... Maybe you don't do it because of the salary ramifications, but I'm just saying body for body, like, talent to talent-wise, not contracts right. aside. Um, yeah, you do it. Like, And, obviously, the salaries wouldn't match anyway. You'd have to include more, but... Yes, you do it. And so my point is, yes, he's been playing great. I'm not advocating for a trade, but it. I guess the this tease that I'm giving is don't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and I think this almost is eerily similar to our discussions that we had about Kawhi Leonard. And people were going, would you trade DeMar? And people are going, no, I wouldn't trade DeMar. What do you mean you wouldn't trade DeMar? Yeah. Like, I get it. He's beloved. I understand that. I have a signed basketball in a, in a fucking case in my room of DeMar DeRozan. 
Like I love, I loved DeMar DeRozan. I loved him. He was a great advocate for the Toronto Raptors. He did amazing things to the franchise, but my guy, Kawhi Leonard is a top three player in the NBA. Yeah. Maybe even the best. If he, if he played fully healthy, he would be the best in the NBA. The loan management is where people sort of go, oh, well, he can't play a full season. And then mm. playoffs come and they're like, oh, my God, no wonder this guy didn't play a full season because he's the best. He, you, When you have an opportunity to, to add a valuable piece to your team, you do it because it's asset management. You're selling your stock at a high to get another stock that's at a high. And then you try to build up from there because you see more potential in that other one. Then you And you think this one is capped out. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Masai knew his stock in DeMar had capped out. And he saw the stock in Kawhi in a buy low option and he went for it. Think about like, like we, we when, when we're talking about players, we humanize. The, and, and I know <laughs> it's kind of weird to say that we humanize players, but it's, it's a business at the end of the day. We can't humanize them because then when you do, you make mistakes based on emotion. You have to look at the facts. And you have to look and you have to say, DeMar, we love you as a man, love you as a player, everything that you've done. You've been a great advocate. But at the end of the day, we have to do what's in our best interest, just like you would do what's in your best interest. So that's with any trade moving forward. That's with any trade anywhere. Right. There's not many there's not many circumstances where a team wouldn't trade a guy because they they love him as opposed to. Um, even a, a player taking a fat hometown discount, right? Like it's it's becoming more and more rare because at the end of the day, every single party knows it's a business, and winning cures everything. You can say what you want about Kawhi uh, sitting out with load management games, and I get it. And that you know, in the discussion, can he play a full season? But LeBron didn't play a game because he had a cold. Okay, that's, <laughs> I'm just gonna end the second right there. I'm just gonna end it right there. You know, but I did tweet this out. Uh, he did me a favor because my wife always teased me about the man cold. Oh, you got the man cold. Now That's I can say, bang. bro, yeah, I had the man cold. And you know what? The man cold prevented LeBron fucking James from playing an NBA game. This shit is serious. So Yeah, yeah, babe. <laughs> this guy spends a million and a half dollars a year on his body. He's getting a man cold and he's sitting out. Yeah. So, like, cut it's me serious. some slack, okay? It's serious, yeah. okay? All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Having said that, we'll take another, actually, our last break, and we'll be back with the two-sweet moment of the week. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. It's time for the Too Sweet Moment of the Week here on the South of the Six Podcast. All right, Connor, you teased it, so I'm going to give you the floor. I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but uh, everybody knows what mine is. So what is your Too Sweet Moment of the Week? Go for it. We I kind of kind of talked about him a little bit, uh, maybe like I don't know, a couple minutes ago on this podcast of a man <laughs> that uh, was beloved by Raptors fans and is no longer wearing the Raptors jersey, by the name of Demar Derozan, cocking that joint back. Chris Boucher saw a ghost after he slammed it on him. Are you kidding me? Like that? He took the soul right out of that boy's body. Are you serious? That was I saw that and I I literally stood up and I was like, ooh, like that was. <laughs> That was one of those, like, that was sweet, man. And, like, if that was any other player, like, this wouldn't be wouldn't be on the podcast. But, like, it's DeMar DeRozan. I got to show the boys some love. Uh, he gets my too sweet moment of that week. Cocking that joint back for sure. I know, like, maybe this, you know, sort of reinforces your too sweet moment of the week. But the aftermath of the dunk where he just stared down 
Boucher, and then he got a tech. <laughs> so soft, man. Like, are you kidding? Who gets a tech for staring a guy down after he snatched his soul from his body with that dunk? No he way. shang sunged him, that's for sure. Yeah, that's um, for sure. <laughs> Your soul is mine. Yeah. Like, what? Um, <laughs> tech? I got to call it back to Norman Powell, that dunk uh, in the fourth quarter. I think like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter against Washington. That was absurd. And that is something that, again, we see Norman Powell in those types of situations just go up for a layup and miss it erratically. Uh, he just went right in aggressively, and that, that slam was just aggressive. I loved it. And it's just indicative of this new Norman Powell that we've been seeing, this unlocking of Norman Powell. So for me, that was my two-sweet moment of the week. But I can't argue because as soon as you know I tweeted that out, I say that's my two-sweet moment of the week, and you said that's not mine. I was like, oh, it's got to be Damar. It's got it's to yeah. be because that was my close number two right there. Actually, there were, there were two other ones that I had because I knew I was coming on the pod this week, so I actually started a bit of a list on my phone. Oh, okay. uh, first, one, first one was the Damar dunk. Um, second was, or I, 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 these aren't necessarily in particular order. These two, I just kind of had them listed. Sure, sure. Um, uh, that OG deep three against OKC where he was with oh, the Marcus yeah. screen. <laughs> the, the shot clock like, three. Yeah. Yeah. And it was out of nowhere. And he, that thing, I think that thing went so high up. It wasn't even on camera anymore. And then it came, <laughs> came back down to the net. That was, that was a pretty sweet moment. And then, um, uh, Lowry's, uh, yes. Ha uh, hail Mary Chuck three. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty sweet so um if the demar dunk didn't happen i probably went with what it went with the lowry three but yeah. um uh yeah the demar dunk it was on a sunday so i'm looking back and i'm like i just want to make sure it was on the sunday and i'm like oh yeah we can we can squeeze this in it's right at the beginning of the week just to remind everybody that we choked the lead against san antonio well not sweet yeah not sweet but still people do get baptized on uh on sunday and chris boucher is no mm -hmm. exception so that's right. All right, let's wrap See, this he up. Saw, he saw the Lord on that one, that's, that's for true. sure. That's true. All right, let's wrap this up with some predictions. We got three games happening this week. Uh, it's a pretty nice schedule for the Raptors, and there may be... Well, we'll talk about it. Monday at Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is four of their last ten as of this recording Sunday afternoon. Um, it's going to be an afternoon game. The game starts at 2.30 on Monday, so uh, get your radios ready if you don't have a TV nearby. Then Wednesday, they come home... To Facing Philly, welcoming back Philly. It's an ESPN game. Philly is five of their last ten as of this recording. And then Friday at New York. New York is an abysmal two of their last ten as of this recording. So, again, shout it out. What do you got? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. What do you got? Uh, dub, dub, dub. Same. Same. Yep. I, you know what? If if that Philly game was on the road, I would. I don't know. Um, but, look, this Raptors team's fully healthy. Joel Embiid literally plays like absolute garbage when Marcus Alls on the court. That's his son. Um Marcus Alls is daddy. And he shows him what's up. Another fat goose egg zero coming Joel Embiid's way. Is he playing? free? Oh right, because he might be is he I don't know if he's still back. I heard that there were rumblings that he might make an early return. Okay. Um but uh I can try pulling that up. Because oh, right I, I had heard that that was a possibility. Uh, I know he's currently out, so I just wasn't 100% sure. No, nah, he's out, man. That's why I have he's this out. as a deft dub. So he's still out, eh? Oh, yeah. right, because he's out. What is he out for, two weeks? Two weeks just to be reevaluated. Oh, yeah, shit. Wow, even for, yeah, okay. I, I For some reason, I thought he was coming back quicker. Um, yeah, sorry, no, no, sorry, no, sorry, that, sorry. That's... So as of uh, January 16th, Joel Embiid, this is a CBS report, Joel Embiid um, reportedly clear for non-contact drills and to be reevaluated in a week. So he's, okay. he's going to be, if, if we're doing this timeline, 
he's going to be reevaluated the day after the Raptors game. So okay, so see, I think I think I misread that because I think I remember seeing that report and thinking that he was good to go in a week. Yeah. So that would that's that's on me. Okay. Um, that I that I thought that he was probably good to go in a week, but um, yeah, then I'm not even I'm not even worried. Ben Simmons is garbage. Mm-hmm. Like we've had this discussion before. He's not even. That guy's not even a top. I don't even. I don't even think he's a top thirty player in the NBA. Woo! I yeah. I, I lean that way too. He's he is regressed, and and I I gave you a list, right? Because we had this talk, we had this conversation. You were at, at the it was the beginning of this year, the end of last year, and or during the Philly series, and you were kind of like, ah, dude, like I said, top twenty. Like I said, he's not top twenty five, and you're kind of like, ah, I don't know. Off the air, I sent you a list of twenty five dudes I thought were ahead of him, and I, and I thought it was fair. I think there are five more dudes that have eclipsed Ben Simmons. He has not shown any progression since his rookie year. Um, if anything, I think he's regressed. Um, he's been focusing too much on trying to hit a three, and he's what, like two of five from the year on threes? Probably. He's never going to shoot one in the playoffs. Um, all you need to do with that Phillies team, with the Phillies, <laughs> all you need to do with that 76ers team is just uh, um, let them have the line to shoot the three and just play them tight inside. That's it. That is it. You know yeah. who they're missing? You know who's a potential trade target for the 76ers who they really need? JJ Reddick. I was going to say Reddick, yeah. Wow. What a coincidence. What a thought to have JJ Reddick on the Philadelphia 76ers. Wow. You know who else would be a really good fit on that 76ers team? Jimmy Butler. Yep. Would be a great fit on that team. Fuck me. They're well, garbage. They decided to give Tobias Harris all that money. But still, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it, dub 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 at the end of the day, yes. I go on my tangents. Dub dub dub. Dub dub dub. I do feel that I'll put it this way. I think Norman Powell is better than uh Simmons, hundred percent. So Yeah, I do. Uh, um, I, I would say I would say today Norman Powell is better than Ben Simmons. And not even a question. Um yeah. but yeah, so that Atlanta game, I know it's a midday game, which is like maybe this is counterintuitive when we just, you know, harped on Philly and given the playoff aspirations of Philly. Atlanta seems like the trap game of the week for me when it comes to yes. the schedule. Um yes. I know midday games are sort of hard to bounce back from, but the Raptors do have all day today to rest. So uh, it shouldn't be too bad. Plus, they're already traveling. Um, the Philly game, I'm not worried about. Uh, I do anticipate it to be close because the Raptors, like as we mentioned in the show already, they have the tendency to sort of collapse in the third quarter and somewhat of the fourth. But I do think they'll be able to pull out the win, especially on national TV. That's going to be fun. And the Knicks, I don't even want to give them the, the, the air time. So... Dub, yeah. dub, dub. You already know my thoughts on the on the uh, on the Knicks yeah. and how they are a terrible franchise. Awful. Um, Rub so, a dub, dub. So there you All go. Dubs. Three, three in a row. Uh, so that would make it. What are we on a two game winning streak? So that'd be a five game winning streak if this is to be. Um, there's a good chance that maybe we capitalize and take the second seed, depending on what the Miami Heat do. Their schedule is definitely getting a lot more challenging moving forward. They could fall down to earth. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But They've for had now, one of the easiest schedules in the league. Yeah. You know, and for now we are sitting pretty in third. We're just over halfway done with the season, if you can believe it or not. Um, so this is good. That th- we're heading towards the the nice, easy, you know, part of the schedule, and the Raptors should be able to capitalize with a fully healthy team. But that's gonna do it for today, Connor. You know the deal. Promote any and everything you got going on. The floor is yours, my man. Go for it. Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at to underscore sports views. Um, that's mainly where I've been active. Uh, I do have a website, torontosportsviews.com. Uh, haven't posted much on there, but if you want to read my past takes on, uh, everything, Toronto Raptors, Blue Jays and Maple Leafs, you you can feel free to do so and see how right or wrong I was. 
Um, last year, I did predict a Raptors Golden State Warriors final with the Warriors winning in seven, but that was with a fully healthy Warriors team. So sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, the TSV podcast is my podcast. I'm hoping to fire that back up uh, soon. I've just been caught up in a lot of holiday stuff, had some work stuff come up and uh, just hasn't really worked out timelines with with myself and other guests. So it's kind of been pushed back, but I'm hoping to sort of start that up in the next week, two or three, depending on, again, work and, and timelines and stuff like that. But um, it's on the docket. It will be coming back at some point. And I think this is a good time because there's a lot of stuff to talk about with the Raptors. Um, there is some decent Blue Jays talk that I can sort of throw in there, but uh, Maple Leafs as well have kind of been an interesting storyline here in Toronto and one that I sort of want to uh, get back to and touch on. So uh, I'll be doing all that. If you want to give me a follow, um, I'm on all the major podcast platforms as well. You can also uh, take a look at it through my Twitter. So you're all set. All the links to everything Connor just mentioned will be in the description of the show. You are a tap away, especially if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do tap the artwork right on the show it will bring you to the description and the links will be provided for you there so it's never been easier if you just click over and click follow at the same time and i highly suggest follow and subscribe so you're ready for the tsv podcast when the episode is released so having said that dude thanks for hopping on you are welcome anytime you want to do so and uh take it easy man absolutely thanks for having me For listening to the South of the Six podcast, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors.